0: hello everyone good morning it's good to be back let me see if I can do this with one hand hi sweetheart This is my niece, so you don't have to worry if she makes a lot of noise when I talk. You know, that can be awkward. Sometimes you feel bad for the speaker. Don't feel bad at all. This is my niece, so I don't care how much noise she makes or
1: how many times she comes up. Hi,
0: sweetheart. (laughs) So just so you know that. (laughs) I'm going to read some scripture, and then I'm going to... We're going to do... Well, here, let me start with this. to set the stage. I'm going to talk about prophecy and how easy it is and how it's absolutely the heart of God for absolutely every one of you to not only receive prophecy, but also to give it and that it's really not that hard at all, despite what you've heard or what you think. So let me start with scripture and then we'll go from there. Hi, baby. <laughs> this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 14, starting in verse 1. I'm going to read so you don't have to follow along if you don't have a Bible. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially the gift of prophecy. For anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. Indeed, no one understands him. He utters mysteries with his spirit. But everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. He who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues, but I would rather have you prophesy. He who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues, unless he interprets, so that the church may be edified. It is absolutely the heart of God for each and every one of you to hear from his heart and then express that out to other people verbally. And that's all that prophecy really is. It's sensing and discerning what is on the heart of God for a circumstance, a person, or a situation, and simply speaking that out. That's all it is. So what I'm going to do today, actually, I'm going to teach this as though I'm teaching you guys to teach others. It's like a train-the-trainer model. So as we're getting ready for revival and Getting ready for a move of God, we have to get ready for lots of new people coming into the kingdom who are going to need training and equipping. So, we're going to have to teach them how to do basic stuff like prayer and prophecy. And so, what I want you to do, because some of you have been prophesying longer than I've been alive, and some of you might be totally new to it. So, what I'm going to do is, I'm going to teach this as though, hey, here's the best practices that I've found as I've trained and equipped other people to prophesy. And so if you don't know much about prophecy, you'll still learn. And if you know a lot about prophecy, I think this will give you some good tools to help train and equip other people. Because if you've been doing prophecy for, let's say, over five years, you should probably be training and equipping people to release them into that, because that's a lot of fun. So wasn't it great? Didn't Becca do an amazing job? She had three minutes warning, and look at how great she did. It's fun when you put people on the spot. It's fun, like, what comes out of people when you give them no and no time, you didn't know they were going to do it, like they had no idea. So on that note, I'm going to put all of you on the spot, actually, and we're all going to do an exercise together. I uh, Notice I haven't taught you anything about how to prophesy yet, but we're actually going to prophesy right now. So to the person, you're going to find a partner to your right or to your left, one person, and this is what we're going to do. This is going to be a two-minute exercise, And we are going to ask a focused question. An amazing way to help train people in the prophetic is to ask God focused questions. This allows us to hear specific answers that helps frame what we're going to say. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. You have permission to move. So we're going to do two exercises right away. Then I'm going to talk a little bit. Then we'll do a couple more exercises, and then we'll talk a little more. I know. Participation. No one warned you. You're outside, and you're participating. This is good. This is good. So what we're going to do is with your partner, when you find them, we are going to ask the Lord. One of you is going to be receiving, and one of you is going to be giving. So you're going to decide between, amongst yourselves. You're going to ask the Lord a question for the other person. You're going to ask the Lord, what fruit of the Spirit are you developing in that person right now? I'm going to read to you the fruits of the Spirit, just as a reminder. These are your options. It narrows the field. This is very good. We like to start out small and simple. The fruit of the Spirit, just for a reminder, is very familiar. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So you're going to ask the Lord, Lord, what fruit of the spirit are you developing in my partner right now? And when you get something, we're going to take two whole minutes. It may take 10 seconds. It may take a minute. But once you get a fruit, you're going to speak it out. And then you're going to bless it and say, Lord, we love that you're doing that. We ask for more of whatever. Peace, joy, love. Okay? We're going to, do everybody have a partner? I know, some of you are like awkward, like I thought you were joking. Are you really making us do this? Yes, I'm really making you do this. I'm going to time it. It's going to be two minutes. So again, the directions are, you're going to find a partner. One of you is going to choose to give the prophecy. One of you is going to choose to receive it. You're asking the Lord, what fruit of the spirit are you developing in that person right now? And we're going to start right now. Okay, everybody stop. That was actually only a minute. I told you two, but I'm going to cut it short because I'm being nice to you for the first exercise. Wasn't that fun? Anybody actually feel like they they actually heard something from the Lord? Raise your hand. Go ahead. Raise your hand. Nice. Good. Wow. First exercise. Very nice. So, (laughs) yeah, we can do another minute. Okay, go for it. Love it. I love the boldness. We're going to do one more minute. So you can switch partners if you haven't already. Yes. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. And faithfulness. And it's okay. Okay. Thank you, everyone. That was two minutes. A little over. Good job, everyone. So focused questions. That was kind of fun. Some of you are getting into it. Getting into the flow. And for some of you, that might have still been super awkward, but that's okay. Okay. So what I call those things, I call those spiritual calisthenics. So just like an athlete would never start a competition without warming up his body, but their body, normally, singers don't sing without warming up their voice first, unless they're given a no warning. Um, but we like to exercise before. Prophetic exercises actually get you prepared to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Paul told Timothy to stir up the gift that was given to him by the laying on of hands. Spiritual gifts are given to us by God, but there's actually a process where we have to stir them up. And part of that stirring up is doing certain calisthenics. It's like exercises. And so these are some spiritual exercises, prophetic ones specifically, that I've found to be quite effective to just get you kind of going. The next one that I really like to use, and this is an, a useful one for environments when you're not with other Christians. So that one's easy to use with Christians because you're talking about fruits of the spirit. I like to use this one. when It's called, when I look at you, I see. And that's exactly how you start out the phrase. It's, when I look at you, I see. And then you just begin to talk, and you let the Lord fill your voice, and you just start speaking out good, encouraging, positive things. My wife has an amazing testimony for how you can use this at your work.
1: So I teach uh, high school in Virginia, and um, we do circles. Sometimes in our advisory class, it's kind of like homeroom and we do activities in the circle. And we had been talking, us and some friends of ours, about how to carry the presence of God more with us throughout our work day. And so I'd been trying to really practice that throughout the day. And right before this advisory class started, I just felt led to do that, to do when I look at UIC with my students. So I had all my students sit in the circle and I honestly didn't know what I was going to say about them. And I didn't even, there are some of them I know better and some of them I don't know as well. And some of them it's harder to come up with nice things to say about them. But, but God loves them and he knows, you know, how he sees them. And so I was just trying to connect with the Lord about how he sees these young people that are in front of me. And so we circled up and I went around the circle And I spoke to each one and it took some time because there were 17 kids um, and just looked into their eyes and said, when I look at you, I see. And God would fill me with whatever it is that he's calling forth in them. And some of it was real practical stuff and some of it was more um, spiritual about, you know, that they're loving and compassionate. And some of it was a really hard worker and um, that God just wanted to honor those things in them. But I could feel the presence of God swelling in my public school, by the way, public school classroom. And um, the kids could feel the weight of the presence of God, too. And students kept saying, oh, wow, that's so nice. And it feels so good. And, and as it was building, and my students carry a lot of wounds. They're um, immigrant students. A lot of them have been separated from their parents for years. A lot of them have suffered crazy abuse and situations most of us can't imagine and um as it was building those you know tears welling up in different eyes and there's a particular student that um i've been kind of communicating with and before i even got to him he was like shying away and before i said his name and as mo- the moment i spoke his name Tears just started coming down his face. And he actually got up out of the circle because he couldn't stand to look into my eyes. And I just, you know, spoke words of life over him. And I just felt the Lord say to me, for some of these kids, this is the nicest thing anyone has ever said to them with a sincere heart. And so that's just one example of, uh, you know, sharing God's heart for somebody in a really direct way, but not over spiritualizing it.
0: Isn't that amazing? Isn't my life amazing? That is, that's my favorite, new favorite prophetic tool that I use in non-church circles. Because you can use that anywhere. You can use that with your coworkers. They can be, normally, if you would bring up God or church or religion, they would be extremely offended. And many of you work in places where you can't openly talk about your faith at work in that way, or you have to use a lot of wisdom when you do it. I'm in one of those jobs. But this tool is a way for you to speak life into someone, and they won't even necessarily know what you're doing. And the funny thing is, they will respond to you. They will go, wow, that is that is true, or I've never heard anyone say anything like that to me. And so my wife brought up an, a, a key point when we're talking about prophecy. The main, one of the main things is you are looking at another person who God dearly, dearly loves. That's what you're, you're focusing on, the love that God has for that person. When we focus on trying to prophesy... And performing you get totally nervous and you're like I don't know what to say this is like awkward pressure I don't know I'm not a prophet uh, This is weird when however you focus on this is a person that Jesus suffered and died for and came to the earth for all of a sudden your focus shifts from you and performing to them and their value as a human being and then it's much easier to take a step of faith and say God You love this person. I know you do. You died for them. What do you have to say to that person right now? So we're going to do, when I look at you, I see. And we're going to pray here because we didn't do this the first exercise. We're doing a building kind of thing. It's great. One of the best ways when you're preparing yourself to operate in prophecy is to invite the presence of the Holy Spirit to bring rest to your mind your will, and your emotions. Because sometimes you get so nervous and you're like, I don't know what to say. This is weird. I I don't know what to do. Uh," And you get so, so, you're so emotionally calm. It's very difficult to sense what God is saying when you're emotionally kind of out of whack. But what the Holy Spirit is really, really good at is bringing rest and calm so that you can better be aware of what he's saying to you. So we're going to pray for that. And then what we're going to do is I'm going to ask that you would sense the heart of God for your partner. You can be a new partner or the same partner. And we're going to do another exercise where you look at their eyes. And you're not prescripting this. You're just going to say, when I look at you, and you're going to look them right in the eye. When I look at you, I see. And you're going to speak out what you feel the Lord is saying. You're just going to speak. Just speak. I know. This is stretching. This is stretching, but as you start to speak more, you're going to be surprised by what comes out. Everybody understand? I know it's awkward. You guys are great. You're so willing. So Holy Spirit right now, we ask that you would come and bring rest to our minds, our will, and our emotions. We thank you that you love us. We're secure in your love. We don't have to perform. And we thank you that you love everyone here. So right now, fill us with particular love for the person that we're about to prophesy. And we just trust you to speak through us right now. So I want you to turn to your partner. And we're going to do it again where we do a two-minute thing. And actually, you know know what we're going to do? We're going to do one minute for one partner and then 1 minute for the other and you'll switch. Each of you does a minute, you're going to look him right in the eye and say when I look at you I see and just go for it. And see what happens. The worst that happens, you bless him in some area God's not speaking. It's not that bad. Go. Okay, switch partners. I know this is probably profound and emotional for some of you, but switch partners, it's okay. Okay, there we go. That was good. I know some of you are still speaking. It was so good. Some of you are crying, some of you are not. Some of you are like, this was awkward. Are we done yet? Move on. <laughs> so, these were just two examples of prophetic exercises that I like to use. Again, these were just warm ups. This is like calisthenics. You don't judge yourself if you can't do a certain stretch. Right? Or an exercise. You just go, "Eh, I don't like that one. I'm going to do a different one. You don't get into performance. This is just stretching it out. We're just stretching the muscles. That's all it is. Okay. Okay. You like that? That was a good demo? Okay. So let me talk quickly about the biblical foundation for prophecy. And then we'll go into how God actually speaks to us. Even though we just practiced it, I'm going to talk a little more about it. Then we'll do a couple more things and we'll talk a little more about it. Okay? So the biblical foundation for prophecy. Some people have a hard time believing that God wants to communicate with them or speak to them. To which I say, if you're a Christian, you believe something far more shocking than just that a God can speak to you. You believe God lives inside you. 1 Corinthians says that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Romans says that the Spirit of God who dwells within you... And raised Christ from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies. You don't just believe that God can speak to you. You believe he lives in you. That's crazy. So if you believe God lives inside you, don't you think that that God can also communicate to you? Regardless of how spiritual you think you are, he lives in you guys. He can speak to you. Moreover, in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 27, Jesus actually promises that his sheep hear his voice. So you do hear his voice. The question isn't whether or not you hear it, it's whether or not you recognize that it's God. And that's really what we come to do as we start walking in this stuff more. We come to recognize new ways and go, oh, that actually was you. You've been speaking to me for a long time. I just didn't know that was you. And that's the fun journey that we get to have on our walk with God. So God lives in you. He promises that he, you already hear his voice because you're his kid. And what parent doesn't talk to their kid? Only bad ones. And God's a perfect father. So he's not a bad parent. Point number three, we just read in 1 Corinthians 14, God wants all of you to prophesy. And then later on in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, Paul actually specifically says, actually each one of you can prophesy one by one. So that the rest can learn. So not only does God live inside you and you hear his voice and he wants you to prophesy, you actually can prophesy. That's really good to know because as you're training people in the prophetic, you have to give them that biblical foundation because the opinions of man are not enough to hold up to the weight of discouragement and the weight of disappointment. Like the fact that Bill Johnson or whoever, me or Paul Anderson, believes that you can prophesy, that lasts as long as you're hanging out with us. But once you're out in the world or you're out somewhere where people don't believe in prophecy, you need a better foundation than just people's opinion. You need the sure conviction that the word of God says, I can do this, and he wants me to do this. So it's great to start out with the biblical foundation for people. Let's talk about how God communicates to us. I liked. Notice I've been saying God communicating to us as opposed to hearing the voice of God. I believe in hearing the voice of God. That's what we've been talking about. But the phrase hearing the voice of God trips up a lot of people. Because they think of it as I have to hear an audible voice. Or I have to hear words in my head. Or I have to hear something in my heart. And that is definitely that a, a way that God can speak to you. But it's actually not the most common way. Most people kind of lump all the different ways that God communicates through us into one phrase called the voice of God. And people with microphones sometimes are the worst at this, and we tend to sort of skip the process for how God actually speaks to us, and we make it seem like we're more spiritual than we are. This is the way sometimes it comes across for those of us who speak. It's like I get up in the morning, I'm like, hello, Lord, and he's like, hello, Matthew, how are you? Quite well. It was a lovely night. Thank you. Would, what would you like to do today, Matthew? Well, I was thinking I would walk with you and obey you and everything. Good, I would like you to go to 4th Street at 1220. You'll speak to a man in a red shirt. Awesome, God, sweet. I'll check in later. That's almost never how it is, actually. <laughs> never, I've never had an experience like that at all. And a lot of times in sermons, have you ever heard the phrase, so the, the Lord showed me, or the other day the Lord spoke to me, or the Lord revealed to me, What we probably mean is over the course of days, weeks, months, or even years, through studying scripture, through prayer, through meditating on God, through listening to other sermons and teachings, through walking around going, "Ah," and having good random stray thoughts that keep occurring to us, over that course we have come to recognize that very often that is God, and we put it all together and we said, so the Lord showed me this. But oftentimes, we don't explain the process, so people just go, they hear that, they're like, well, I'm not like that spiritual, like I must not be cool enough, or I, maybe I have to fast for a year, or go join a ministry school, or well, I don't know. No, everybody's the same way. The most common way that the Lord speaks to you is the still, small voice, and by that, I mean God giving you subtle impressions on your mind and your heart, or your emotions. In other words, cool thoughts or emotions that you go, yeah, I want to I follow God. I want to serve him. That's the most common way that he speaks to you. It's not the angelic encounters and the audible voices. Believe in all of them. They're great. They're wonderful. I'm not discounting them. And the problem is, though, that's mostly what folks like us talk about. So we set that up as the gold standard and then everyone feels kind of condemned when they don't have those experiences. But that's not the common experience at all. I've, I, how do I know this? I've talked to platform level prophetic people. I'm annoying. I bug them all the time. I'm like, how do you do that? They have no more than you do when they step out. Oftentimes they have a, how, how does the, how does the prophetic work a lot of times? For me, I feel particularly drawn to a person. I feel love emanating towards that person. And I know then, by experience, that the Lord wants to speak to that person. Sometimes I look at a person and they remind me of someone else. I now know that that's the Lord saying that person is similar to them. They have a similar calling. Step out and start speaking to them. I actually get lots of movie quotes and movie scenes in my head. Why? Because I use my time wisely and I watch movies all the time. And the Lord uses what I give him. So, you know, if I studied scripture more, he'd probably give me more verses, but whatever. (laughs) So I have very often been in a situation and I see a movie character in my head and I'm like, and sometimes that's the Lord saying to me, that's the person's name. Sometimes it's their profession or sometimes they have a similar disposition as that person. And I just go, hey, are you this? And they're like, yeah, how'd you know? I'm like, I didn't, I saw a movie character in my head. I don't know. Does that make any sense? (laughs) Literally, that's how it speaks. When people say, I just had a picture, you ever heard anybody's, the Lord just gave me a picture. So what do we mean by that? Now, sometimes we mean literally we're seeing something like I'm seeing my niece Kaylee up there. Most of the time though, that's not what we mean. We mean in our mind's eye, we saw something. Everybody picture an apple in your head. Now picture that apple turning red. Now green. Now red again. That is what most of the time happens when you're you get pictures from the Lord. All of you can have this happen to you. When I first started out prophesying, well, a couple of, the first few times I did, I did it totally by accident, and I didn't realize that I was doing it. I started noticing a speaker had come around, and he's like, you know, well, I always know who I'm going to prophesy to because they stand out to me in the crowd while I'm preaching. I had been doing preaching at that time, and I noticed that was happening to me. And I went, Does that mean I'm supposed to prophesy to those people? Cool. So what I did is I just started, at first, I was kind of chicken, so I just went up to them one-on-one afterwards and prayed for them, and I noticed that it was super awesome that I prayed with them, and then every time it was great. And then after that, I just went, you know what? I bet I have a word of the Lord for them. Now, a big stumbling block that a lot of people have, so when you're training people in this, is they don't know how to phrase it. Like, what do you say? and they don't know if is okay so is is god giving me all the words is he giving me like some of the words or or what's the process so if you're from the pentecostal background or assemblies of god or something you may be used to prophecy being much more it's it seems like they're they close their eyes and they're just speaking out exactly what god gives them and it seems like they're almost taken over almost like a public tongue that is a way that you can do prophecy i have never done prophecy that way actually I have never had a prophecy where God just gave me all the words. Almost always what God does is he gives me some of the words. He, he kind of gives them to me like in concentrate form, like, like orange juice or something. And you got to put water in it. So he gives me like two or three words. And then I'm like, hey, I think, does this, and I just start speaking out stuff and then I, I flush out the concept that God gives me. For example, if I have a. Sometimes I'll be with people and I see the word leadership over them. And what I mean by I see it is in my mind's eye, I think of cool leaders or I actually see the word leadership like on a page of a book. So when I know someone's calling him to leadership, I'll, I'll say, hey, if I'm in the world and they're not a Christian and I have to be careful, I'll say, hey, I don't know if anyone's told you this, but I really see leadership on your life. And maybe you should think about getting into some training programs. I've seen you with people and I really just you're a good leader. And I don't know if anyone's ever told you that before, but you could you should consider doing leadership stuff. I've done that before. If you're in the church, you could you know, I mean, you can be more dramatic and the Lord is calling you into, and into leadership and you're going to be a major revivalist and the world's going to be changed. You know, you can do it that way, too. But I like to be super simple, super transparent, and super, like, not spiritual about it. I don't like to give the impression that I know everything, because I don't. The only thing you know in the prophetic is that what God shows you. You don't know everything about them. Sometimes prophetic people, you look at them, and they're kind of intimidating, because you're like, Are you reading my soul? And you're like, no, they're not reading your soul. They're only seeing what God gives you. And sometimes the way the gift works is they have to look at you for a while, and then the Lord will speak to them as they look at you. I call it the creepy prophetic eyes. Like, they're like, look, and you're like, why are you staring at me, dude? And they're like, anyone else? But that's just the way the Lord speaks through them. I have that too sometimes. If I look at someone long enough and the, the gift of prophecy is working, God can show me things through them. And you're going to find that that begins with you. When I first started out, the only way I could hear from the Lord for another person was when I physically touched them and I was praying for them. And I had to have my eyes closed. That was it. That was the only way I could do it. I was like, oh, wow, I can do this. Because then I wasn't distracted and I was trying to perform because I couldn't see them. I couldn't see the reaction. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Then eventually I could do it when I had my eyes open. And I, but I still had to lay my hands on them. But then eventually I found, oh, you know what? I can keep my eyes open the whole time and I don't have to be touching them. And then eventually I was like, actually, I don't even have to be in the room with them. I can just think about a person and pray for them and the Lord can speak to me. And that's the same with you guys. Have you ever had a random friend come to your mind randomly throughout the day? And you're like, why did that happen? Yeah. Well, that's the Holy Spirit. If you have recurring thoughts that seem completely random about other people that happen like three or four times during the day, I just automatically go, that's God. automatically so the lord speaks to us in a variety of ways and here's the best part he speaks to you individually he may not speak to you through movie quotes and movie things and that that may not be your thing he speaks to me through that a lot because i get it i understand it it makes sense to me i get movie analogies i love them but he's going to speak to you in a way that makes sense to you he's going to speak to you through scripture he's going to speak to you through prayer he's going to speak to you through worship he's going to speak to you through nature dreams visions all those things but the primary way Is while you're engaging with all those things, subtle impressions in your emotions, subtle impressions on your thoughts. And here's one that's really tricky for people. You actually have to take a step of faith and just try it. Because what's the worst that can happen? If you're focused on loving a person, and you're focused on giving them a message that brings them closer to the heart of God, if you step out and go, hey, I really feel like the Lord is calling you to greater levels of intercession and prayer. And the person's like, I don't. And you're like, well, okay, I love you anyway. Like, that's fine. I mean, I've had people, you know, not super receive the words I've given, but that's okay, big deal. It's not a big deal. If you don't care about how people react to what you say and if you don't care who you're giving the word to and you don't even think about that like how they dress what they look like if they I don't know if that person would receive a prophecy if you just forget all that and you forget about how it's going to affect you like if they're going to think of you differently if you forget all that then prophecy can be super fun another thing when you're training especially new believers in the Lord and the prophetic you're going to have people um, you're going to have to give them constant encouragement in the prophetic there's a reason that Corinthians chapter, uh, 1 Corinthians 12 is all about gifts. Then 13 is all about love. 14 is all about gifts again. Because if you want to walk in gifts in a consistent way, you've got to walk in a ton of love. You've got to walk in a ton of love for yourself and for that other person. And people get discouraged quickly in this stuff. They start out and it's fun because God gives you some like carrots and you get some really cool things right away. You're like, yeah, this is fun. This is fun. But then sometimes it gets hard. And for those of you who've been doing this longer, you know this. You will have good days and bad days in the prophetic. What do you do on good days in the prophetic? You write down everything (laughs) you're getting. Absolutely everything you're getting. There are days where I'm like, man, this is good. I'm going to write all this stuff down. And then I'll go for weeks and I'm like, it's like I can't hear anything. I don't know. But then sometimes I'll be in a moment and I'm like, oh, that thing two weeks ago that you showed me, I'm going to use it now super practical super easy and that's the way those platform guys Graham Cook and all that they're the same way there's no difference there's no difference they, they operate the same way I am I'm telling you it's the same stuff it's a lot like a sports team everybody can learn how to play baseball right you the, what I'm teaching you now the, the basics of prophecy it's all the same now some people are gonna make it to the pros some people aren't but everybody can do basic simple prophetic which is super fun because you get to encourage people and bring them closer to God. just and, and this is actually critical. I'm hitting this hard. I don't know why, but hopefully it's God. Um, when you're training people in this, it is actually critical to our spiritual development that we know that we can hear from God and help someone else in their journey. It is critical that you know personally through regular experience That you can encounter God and help someone else. Sometimes platform people get spoiled because they they minister all the time. They feel the life of God while they're ministering. They're helping people grow and develop. They're they're, they're partnering with God. There is life that explodes out of you when you partner with God. That's why I want all you guys to do this. Because it's so much fun. Your spiritual growth and development will take on new levels when you start partnering with God on a regular basis. That's why I love to do this. That's why I don't want just platform folks doing all this stuff. Because they don't want it either. Trust me, I've talked to some of them. They're like, yeah, please train, equip everyone. I can't pray for 10,000 people. I will die. (laughs) And that's why I want all of us, because we can all prophesy. We can all build up the church. Cool, huh? Okay, there's a few more things I want to hit hard. So here's some common things I've I've seen people. Here's some best practices, actually. How about I put it that way? Some best practices in, in, in the spirit and in prophecy. Be super open and transparent about what you're getting. There's kind of, in the way we look at it, there's like three parts of a prophecy. There's the revelation, there's the interpretation, and there's the application. The revelation is what God's saying. The interpretation is what it means, and the application is, what do you do with it? And this also gets into how do you weigh prophecy. You probably won't get all three parts of that in a word. Like, the Lord says this, he means this, and you should do this. It's actually pretty rare to get all three parts of that. Most of the time, you get one part of it. You might get, here's what the, I believe the Lord's saying. I have no idea what it means. That's all that's that's often with me with with pictures I'll go I'm seeing this. Does this make any sense to you at all? And I just have a dialogue with them. As opposed to just being like there's a rose and I'm going to interpret what it means for you. I'm just going to speak it out and let maybe you already know what it means. Here's why it's fun to do that. I was in college and I was at a service and a speaker pulled me out of the crowd and he said the Lord is showing me that you're called to be a pastor and you're called to preach the gospel and blah, 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 blah. And he went off. And I go, eh, no. Because through the course of that year, I had been praying the entire time whether or not I should go into full-time ministry and be a pastor. And the answer I got consistently was no. So I'm like, that doesn't fit with everything that the Lord has already showed me for my life. So I went up to the guy afterwards and I said, hey wanted to ask you about that word what did you see when you prayed for me and you saw me he goes well I saw you up in front of crowds teaching and preaching the word of God so I said so did God tell you I was going to be a pastor he's like no but what else could that mean Uh, a lot of things actually that's one of the things about prophecy you and this is good for you all to know. You have the authority to weigh, judge, and discern, and the responsibility to discern words that are spoken over your life. I did the next step and went and asked the guy. The guy was a little shocked slash put off by the fact that I asked him that question. But I really wanted to know, because if somebody gives you a word that doesn't seem to fit with everything else that God's spoken over your life, you don't go run out and do it. Like, for example, if someone came to me today and said, you're called to be a missionary in China, I'm like, nope. I don't think that's true. I'll put that on a shelf and I'll pray about it because maybe God will change my heart later, but I'm not buying a ticket to Beijing tomorrow. That's for sure. So it's really important when, you, when you're describing what God's showing you to just be really honest, to say, hey, what, 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 what would have been a better way to do that is to say, hey, son, I saw you up in front of, of crowds teaching and preaching the word of God, and I just want to encourage you in that. The Lord's blessing that. He's highlighting that to me. Not sure what that means for your life, but we just bless that. Does that make any sense to you? And then he would be like, I would have been like, yes, it does. That's amazing. Awesome. As opposed to him interpreting it and then gave me no choice in the matter. It was, you will be this. Try not to, we are free moral agents. God allows us to freely choose. He let Adam and Eve choose to sin in the garden. He lets you choose. So when you phrase prophecy, it's best to give people choices and not make them ultimatums and not make them dictatorial statements. Like you will do this. And if you don't, you're in trouble. It's more like, hey, I really feel like the Lord is really doing something like this in your life. And I think it would be good for you to kind of pray into that a little more. That would be fun. Does that make sense? Okay. So a lot of this is just how you phrase it and how you're looking at it. Remember, we're focusing on love. The Bible says in Corinthians that, w- that the, the purpose of prophecy is to cur- encourage people, strengthen them, and build them up. That's the main focus of prophecy. And if you focus on those things, you're going to stay good. I do want to make one note. Let's see what time we got here. I don't want to go too late. Oh, it's already 12 o'clock. Okay. I do want to say one. This is mostly, I, I teach this in, the, in like intermediate advanced stuff, but I like you guys. I'm going to say this. A very common thing that people experience in the prophetic is how do I say this? Okay, so strong desires and negative strongholds, like sin issues, are very easy to sense in the spirit. Once you get into this stuff, once you practice this for a while, the two most dominant things that you are really easy to sense in the spirit are things that people really really want and things that people are struggling with. Those things are not necessarily what's on God's heart for them. For example, single people often get words about getting married. It doesn't necessarily mean that that's what the Lord was saying at that moment. It's just that as a prophetic person, when someone comes up to me and I'm sensing things, right away, those strong desires are right there. Right away, negative things are right there in the spirit. And it's the easiest thing to sense. And it's almost like one-on-one. When I used to do prophecy and I started out, you know what I used to do? I used to call out what people's sins were. I was like 17. I did it. Okay, so I did it for like two or three years, but whatever. And so I would be up i like, hey, you're struggling with this, aren't you? They'd be like, yeah. I'd be like, sweet, I heard from the Lord. Yes. And then uh, they'd be like, "Uh, well, now what? I'm like, I don't know, like get over it or something. I mean, be blessed. I mean, I didn't know what to do. So what I was essentially doing by that when you call out those negative things is you're bringing something very painful to the surface, but you're not giving them any grace to actually get over it. So what you want to do instead, which is a much better way, is when you're seeing something negative, you just pray the opposite. Sense you, like, for example, somebody comes up to you and you sense fear on their life or something like that. You just say, Lord, thank you for peace. Thank you for, for more love, which casts out fear. We're just blessing them with more love. We're blessing them with faith in this certain area. And you're just speaking forth the positive. I was at uh, Communitas. This was a number of years ago. I was praying for someone. And I sensed that this person was struggling with sexuality issues. So I'm sensing that. And as I'm praying, we make eye contact. And he has that look in his eyes of, oh my gosh, he knows, and he's about to expose me. And so I had a really important choice at that moment. I could have said exactly what I was seeing in the spirit, and it would have been accurate, but it wouldn't have helped that person. And so what I did instead is I said, I thank you, God, for the calling on this man's life to be a husband and a father. Thank you for his heart being aligned with your will and your desires. Thank you for his emotions being aligned with your will and your desires. Thank you for his affections being aligned with your will and his desires. Thank you for your call on his life. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you that there's breakthrough coming, that there's freedom coming, that bondages are being broken. About four months later, he came up to me and he's like, hey, Matt, guess what? am like, what? I like women. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> that's awesome. So that's one way to do that. When there comes to strong desires on someone, so the first thing that I sense in the spirit, and then I'll wrap up. Sorry, this is a little rambling. but the fir- I never speak out the first thing I get in the spirit, even though I know I showed you the exercises. Those are just calisthenics. I always wait when I sense that it's a strong emotional desire in the person or I think there's some sort of bad stronghold. I, just, it's, I call that background information. And what it is, those are what words of knowledge typically are anyway. That's like, you know, person where they're born, what things they were, their past. Those are words of knowledge. And I call that background information so that God can break your heart for the person to give you the compassion to actually speak life into them. So I always wait about a minute or so after I get stuff and go, okay, God, that's good to know. Now, what are you actually saying about them? Because I'm not going to try to, I'm not going to highlight what the devil is doing in their life. I'm not going to highlight where they're struggling. I'm going to highlight what God's doing. Because even if those, because information in the spirit, those are just facts. That's not where God's heart necessarily is. Even if they're struggling with something, I go, okay, that's great. That's a fact. But where are you taking that person? So it's a fun idea to train people to say, okay, it's great that you're getting stuff from the Lord. But why don't you wait on that? Make sure that it comforts them, builds them up, and leads them closer to the Lord. And then speak that out. Does that make sense? It's good. Okay. There's a lot, obviously. I went a little fast. um, But prophecy is super fun. You guys can do it. You just did it today. As you do this more and more consistently, you'll find that greater measures of power and life actually get released on this some of you may still be struggling with i think that was mostly me i don't think that was god but as you start stepping out in this more chris valton has a good phrase he says normal human language is like blue and and god's words are like red prophecy is when the red gets on the blue and sometimes as you start out in this stuff it's just blue we call that like the flesh so you just start out and you're just speaking and it's normal and it's just blah, blah, blah. But then all of a sudden it flips into prophecy and there's life on it and you feel it and you go, whoa, that was, that was God. And the more you practice with this stuff and the more you do this consistently, the greater level of breakthroughs that you're going to see happen in people's lives. Is that cool? Okay. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for a release of an equipping anointing on all of you. And for more and more prophecy to flow through you guys. So, Holy Spirit, we love you. We love how you love us. We love that you love prophecy because you want us to be comforted and encouraged and built up. So, right now, Father, the anointing that you've given me to train and equip people and release people into things, including prophecy, I just release that over this audience the grace and the wisdom to lead people into greater connection with you, greater levels of your hearing your voice and operating in your spirit. And I bless everyone here for greater measures of the spirit's power, greater levels of the prophetic and words of knowledge and discerning of spirits. Um, I just feel like, for, for especially for those of you who have been doing this for a while, I just feel the word of the Lord for you guys is there's more. No matter how you've been operating in prophetic before, there's more. And I would just be open to new ways that God is speaking to you, new ways. And I would just encourage you to find people to mentor and and encourage. Older believers encouraging younger believers in prophecy is great. And don't be fooled by how confident they seem because the anointing is like wearing a tuxedo in the spirit. Everybody looks good in the tuxedo, but wait 30 minutes when it wears off and then go encourage them because they're probably normal again. So, Lord, we bless everyone here to walk in more and more prophecy, more and more in Jesus' name. And I pray you'd make it fun. And Father, I pray they'd sense your pleasure and your love as they do this. In Jesus' name, amen.